Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, joining us now um, from Fox Sports, and he's across all sports. He knows uh, every sport like the back of his hand. Uh, Matty Russell, very good morning or afternoon rather to you, mate. I say good afternoon, but it's... Uh, it's been a very different day for all of us. It's a very strange afternoon, isn't it? It was mm. strange from 6 o'clock this morning. I logged on part of Saturday's in the gong preparation. First thing I do is check the Illawarra weather. And as I logged onto a website, first thing I saw, Shane Warne's passing. I couldn't believe it. I read it twice thinking, have I misread this? Yeah. So we ripped up the rundown and we threw it out the window and we started from scratch. Everyone who came on had something to say about Shane Warne, including the Wollongong Lord Mayor this morning, mm. uh, Gordon Bradbury, who's a church minister, Uniting Church Minister, man of the cloth. And I asked him, I said, what happens to Warne when he gets to the pearly <laughs> gate? The power above has to make his assessment. And he laughed and said, look, yeah. he would realise that he might have to give him a stern talking to, but he reckons the gates swing open and Warne waltzes straight through. It was some <laughs> career, wasn't it? You know, I, I thought, what do, you, what do you say about this bloke at 52 years young, with the emphasis on young, uh, his debut match was very poor, one for 150. His only wicket against India in that 92 debut was Ravi Shastri. It was bold worn caught Dean Jones. Isn't that eerie now yeah. as you look at that? Bold worn caught Dean Jones. Then called it quits at the same ground in 2007. What a 15 years in between. What a wild ride. And of all the testimonials that have been written today, the nice sentiments. I go back to Gideon Hager, cricket writer, who mm. I admire so much. No Australian cricketer achieved such distinctive greatness. No Australian athlete has attained such unique fame. And no Australian man was as disgusted, exalted, lauded <laughs> and lampooned. I just thought that summed it up beautifully. And you know what? I said this morning, he is as close as we would get to Argentina's Maradona. Well, because yeah. it's a national sport. He's adored. I know that Maradona did it with his feet and occasionally a hand. It was worn his spin yeah. fingers, but that's as close as I could get to a global comparison around the world. We'll throw it out there to our listeners. Some other, you know, oh, it's colourful sporting characters doesn't really do it justice. I mean, how do we describe these guys? Some um, yeah, colourful characters in the world of sport, 0457 736 736. Yeah, he was way more than a cricketer, way more than a sportsman. He lived, um, no doubt about it, a really full life. You were, uh, you were talking about, um, you're talking earlier to the man of the cloth there from the Gong. There, and I was, there is a <laughs> yeah. joke. There's a joke too, isn't there, Matty? About I think it's about the three nuns that go to the pearly gates. But we probably shouldn't tell that joke. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, are you going to go there, Chris? Are you going to go there? At what time is it? One thirty no. on Saturday afternoon. Oh no, <laughs> well, we've got a pretty we've got a pretty young and loose producer out there, Gibbo. He doesn't mind where we go. Oftentimes with this, oh, uh, Gibbo wants to hear it. So yeah. do the fans. I can hear them driving around. Yeah, saying, come on, Chris, he's, give he's me just the he's just put the hands up. I cannot possibly do it. <laughs> One for seventy-seven, Maddie. One for seventy-seven. By the way, our 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 women cricketers against England in the first of that uh, World Cup match there in in Hamilton. So we'll stay across that one. Did you ever meet Shane Warne, Matty? I didn't have the, the um, honour, I'll put it that way. Uh, but I remember speaking to 
um, Richie Benno, who I did have the honour of meeting and, and I had a bit of a broad chat. And this was something I heard him repeat elsewhere at other times. I asked him about how he feels about Shane Warne, given he, given he has to speak and commentate so glowingly about Shane's on-field uh, record and, and exploits in comparison with, at the time, were some pretty bad headlines off the field. And mm-hmm. he was very honest and gave a great answer that I can't sit in my chair in the commentary box and be fascinated with this man and what he can do as a leg spinner and applaud it and build him up and make him into a sporting great if I don't realise that the reason he is like that is partly because of his personality that leads him into those areas off the field where we often see him. He said, I've got to accept the whole of man to be able to applaud uh, his on-field exploits. And I realised without one, the other doesn't come. So I thought that was a wonderful answer from Richie Benno. And um, while he obviously would have preferred Shane lived a little differently at times off the field, he realised it was part of the man that allowed him to be such a good cricketer on the field. Yeah, every so often, um, well, yeah, generational type players, that they come along in, in whatever sport and they have that certain X factor about them that when uh, when your team is down on your luck and things aren't going your way, you you sort of can say, look, we're okay here because you know, Warnie could pull something out of his backside here. Or like an Andrew Johns or like a Jonathan Thurston, you know, like a, you know, um, a Gary Ablett, that type of player, you know, and they don't come along all that often. True entertainer. And that's so valuable in sport in an era where we are increasingly seeing you know, sterile, sterile robots, and we yeah. partly blame for that in the media. But, but he was a character. He was a competitor. He was colourful. He was great for cricket. And if it wasn't for people like Shane Warne, Tiger Woods, you mm. go around the sports around the world, uh, you know, their sports aren't where they are today. And, you know, I, look, I remember one of my favourite stories about uh, Shane Warne was the fact that he owned Daryl Cullinan, the great South mm. African batsman. And we don't think of him being great necessarily because of what Warnie was able to do with him. But when Daryl came to Australia one year or the Aussies went to South Africa, I can't remember, uh, it was reported that Daryl Cullinan had been seeing a sports psychologist to prepare to handle Warnie, who mm. was in his brain and he couldn't bat against him. And sure enough, Daryl Cullinan trudged out for his first innings of that series against Warney, and it had been reported, I've seen the shrink, I'm going to be sweet, watch me own Shane Warne back. Yeah. Well, Warney started his run-up, paused, just went back to the top of his run-up, wasn't much, and paused again, looked down the wicket and said, what colour was the couch? Just to let him know that I know you, <laughs> shrink. You don't think that's really going to help you, do you? And sure enough, a few balls later, he was on his way back to the pavilion. That's Shane Warne to a T. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he got inside his opposition heads. Yeah, and I think yeah, and from a media perspective, Matty, and, and you obviously do work with Fox Sports, but his commentary, I think, really evolved and, and, and improved enormously too. Like, even in the last few months when he was on with BBL commentary, I, gee, I found, I found it fascinating. And, you know, people... You know, Gus Gould, people some say zone out, and, and Gus has got his haters and that. But when Gus talks, I I have to listen. Um, same Absolutely. with same Absolutely. with Shane. Absolutely same with Shane. Yet you got to take it on board. He copped his critics, didn't he, by talking about his favourite pizza, uh, talking about you know <laughs> what he wants to do with his baked beans the next morning. But you've got to have mm. light and shade in commentary. It can't all be in your face statistics analysis. It's got to be light and shade. And and I think you know I don't reckon my boss Steve Crawley will mind me mm. quoting what he said in a, a staff email today mm. and that was along the lines that 
you learnt more in a 20-minute stint listening to Shane Warne in commentary than you'd learn in a lifetime from your coach. You and go. you know what? It's spot on. When he was in the zone in terms of analysis, in terms of breaking down what was seen or what needed to be done, Warney was one of the greats up there, you know, yes. with the originals, the, the Richie Benno, et cetera, et cetera. So I liked Warney in commentary. I loved the fact that he had some fun. I loved the fact that when he needed to tell you something, he did it in a simple, uh, effective and very believable manner. Yeah, and yeah, really, in a nutshell, what Crawls is saying there. And, and he didn't beat about the bush either, you know. He, he called it as he saw it, did uh, Warney. Um, all right, mate. Um, now, you are busy preparing, I believe, for the triple header tomorrow, the NRLW. Um, last weekend, we had the first round. A um, couple of new teams in there as well. But last weekend, Dragons 20 beat the Titans 12. Roosters were beaten 20 points to four by the Broncos. And Parramatta got home almost on the bell with a drop goal from Matty Studden, 13 points to 12. Round two begins tomorrow down there in your neck of the woods, Wynn Stadium. Uh, the Knights take on the Broncos at midday. Roosters v Titans uh, at 10 to two. And then the Dragons v the Eels at 20 to three. Uh, which game are you calling, brother? The first and third of the afternoon. And as part of my prep, I've been looking back on last week's games again. And one thing that stands out to me, I, I called the first NRLW Premiership as well. Mm. So in the space of this being the fourth season, boy, they've come a long way. They but they well. are playing fantastic footy. And the trajectory in terms of improvement of skill, um, the kicking game, the everything, let's just say everything, has improved so quickly. So if they continue on this path, it's it's already a good product. It will be a great, great product in no time at all. And the other observation was that who the hell is going to beat the Brisbane Broncos? Since they've come into the competition, yeah. they're 12-1. and one. The only loss was against the Warriors when they trailed 10-8, got back, sorry, trailed 10-0, got mm. back to 10-8. So their only loss has been by two points. The other 12 games they've won, normally by double figures. And last week, Millie Boyle up front, mm. Chelsea Lenarduzzi up front, fantastic prop forwards. You throw in... Uh, some effective edge forwards, along with, I think, one of the best women in the game at the moment, Tamika, Tamika Upton, Upton yeah. as fullback. And they just have every... It was a joy to watch. Every box covered. The spine's outstanding. They've got go forward up front. Mm. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the Broncos can do again tomorrow. And if it's anything like what they've done over the first three years in one game, they'll be winning. I think in terms of wow factor, when I was watching... I didn't watch all the games in four, but I caught a fair bit of them. Uh, Tamika Upton, I thought, oh, I just thought, wow. Hasn't even she has improved out of sight. Um, just such a gifted got, ball. Got smashed a couple of times too. Yeah. Got straight back up. Yeah, and and not the... scared as a slighter girl to get get belted. No, and and the Parramatta Eels forwards too. My goodness, you reckon who's going to knock these Broncos up, mate? You keep an eye on the blue and golds, Matty. Just keep an eye on the blue and golds. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. They, they they love a, they love smashing each other. The women, they love it. Yeah, they do. So, um, all right. So you'll be calling game one and two. How does your voice hold up calling two games in in the space of a few hours? Nice big break in between. So I'll go and have a, a black tea and maybe a couple of uh, soothers and I'll be right, mate. It's, uh, it's, they're 35-minute halves and um, it's going to be fun. Hopefully it's not too exciting the first game. So I've got plenty of energy for game three. What's happening at Wynn Stadium? Redevelopment plans? Where, where are we up to there? 
Well, we know how good Rint Stadium is, right? Mm. The the sea there, the Wollongong Ocean, you know, just off the off the side there, yeah. as Fatty likes to call it, the Wollongong Ocean. <laughs> well, there's a there's a huge redevelopment plan to integrate the Wynn Entertainment Centre, the indoor facility, along with the stadium, along with the Steelers Club, along with the redevelopment of the training field or the adjacent field to to all be linked rather than being a piecemeal type situation as it is now. Uh, it definitely needs an upgrade Win Stadium and the Entertainment Centre. Controversially, they're talking about building a grandstand or seating on the hill uh, that faces back west. Um, some people are saying that will ruin the look of Wynn Stadium. I'm mm. not so sure if you maintain some of the grass there. As long as we can still see the Wollongong Ocean over <laughs> the back, I'll be quite happy. Uh, it needs an upgrade. I hope we get it. I asked the Lord Mayor, I said, come on, you're going to need millions to do this. This is a Labor heartland down here in the Illawarra. And unless there's a change in state government, are they really going to be throwing money at a Labor stronghold? And even then, if Labor gets in, why spend money down in an area they're going to keep anyway? So that's always been a struggle for the Illawarra to try and justify having money spent when it's a relatively safe seat to one party. But we'll wait and see. The Lord Mayor assures me he's going to fight hard and that we will see an upgrade, whether it happens any time soon, I'm, I'm not so sure. Mm, I remember playing there many, many moons ago against the Steelers way back when. Uh, lovely ground, one of those grounds you do actually enjoy going to uh, to play at. Now, um, flood-wise, um, it's been just horrendous, hasn't it, the last you know, week or so? And, and again, to any of our listeners who might be struggling, our thoughts are with you. Just uh, keep the chin up if you can. Yeah. I know that's easy for me to say. Um, you reckon they need a bit more support? I do, I do. We live a long way from it. We've dodged a bullet in terms of having rain, but not nearly as significant as they've received in the northern rivers and, and southeast Queensland. I won't forget them. Even Western Sydney still struggling. I echo your sentiments. I'm glad you've created time for this. I, it, it is easy just to say something and not really think about mm. it. But when you watch the vision, be it you know on websites, on the news or online, where these days people can jump on Instagram or Twitter and tell you, take you actually to the hot zone, if you like, it mm. is so disturbing. And our cafe in Wollongong, uh, we get a lot of produce from up around the Byron Bay precinct. It's a big food bowl, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we're an organic cafe, so we, we target our products fairly carefully and we get a lot of it from up there. And it is devastating speaking to our suppliers and hearing how significantly they've been affected yeah. and how little hope they've got. This has come on the back of two years of COVID. And I'm hearing reports that they're not seeing people in uniform, that it's neighbours helping neighbours, that it's visitors to the region helping the mm. residents. They've got nowhere to stay, no food, no petrol, no electricity. And they're saying, hang on, we had the army walking the streets during COVID. We'd have the army at our doorsteps if we were being invaded. Where's mm. the army? Where's the legion of police up here to help us out? Because we've got nothing. Mm. And that's not... You know, some, that's just not one or two social media posts that you dismiss being, you know, some outlandish comment from someone with an ulterior motive. We're seeing hundreds of these sort of messages. We're seeing it or hearing it firsthand from our suppliers. Why isn't there more being done for people of northern New South Wales and southern Queensland right now? It is dire. If you mm. think you're seeing it and that's bad, but it'll pass, it's not. We need to get there in numbers professionally. Where's is Shane Fitzsimmons, the um, resist, Resilience New South Wales boss up there? Our army is a legion of army help. Well, no, they're not. In terms of helicopters. No, they're boat. not. Why not? No, they're not. not? Well, I don't know why not, but you're right. And I know it's a bit of a bugbear of yours. Is state of emergency declared up there? It, it should be. Well, I, it's yeah. as big as anything we've seen over the last few years. And you feel, COVID, you, feel, you, you feel more for them because they're only just, you know, the grounds are only just drying up from the last bloody floods. But um, look, I know that's a bit political for this show. It's supposed to be a sports show, but yeah. I, mate, I, I agree. Up, I? No, you have. 
but you're 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 part of the conversation because you have a, a cafe and you're relying on suppliers from up there in the um, northern New South Wales. What's your cafe's name? Give it a plug while while you're here. Well, all good things cafe, Barilli Street, Wollongong. But my mind, my main point is, we are speaking to those people. We are hearing them break down on the phone while they're talking to us. We are hearing the desperation as they scan the landscape and declare it a war zone. Mm. It's a war zone without our bloody army there to mm. help. Mm. One for ninety-three, Australia. One for ninety-three against England. Talking to Matty Russell from Fox Sports. He's not from Sky News. He's from Fox <laughs> Sports. Uh, just before, yeah, before you, yeah, just chill. Take one of those. Blue one, no, not the blue pills. Take one, of the yellow, <laughs> take the yellow ones. Uh, come on, mate, we're about the same, mate. Yeah, no, you're okay, you're okay. Um, now I've destroyed myself here. What was I going to say? Right, NRL, they boys are on on hold for the weekend. I imagine most of them aren't putting their feet up. They're probably busy um, training. I would have thought. But if I was to ask you, Maddie, if there are a couple of teams maybe to um, slide out of the top eight and a couple of teams to climb into the top eight. This season, oh. you got any sort of thoughts on that? Some um, some climbers and some sliders. Well, can I give you an answer that doesn't really answer your question, but it's a bit of prep that I did. Well, there's the politician coming back out in you. Way. Absolutely. Look, I, I tip Melbourne to win the comp. I, I think mm-hmm. that we forget that they won 19 in a row last year. They'd handled the departure of three big yep. names, not to mention a few others along the way, plus injuries, plus being displaced, and really apart from a bad game deep into the finals, would have been there on grand final day. I saw them trial down at uh, Cranbourne in, in Victoria week one. Don't read too much into it, but I saw enough from Munster, saw mm. enough from Brandon Smith. I know Pappenhausen will get back, if not round one, then pretty soon afterwards. Uh, Harry Grant is still there. The Bromwich boys are still there. Nelson Asper Solomona, and of course, Craig Bellamy, Frank Panisi. You go on. Um, Hoffman, they're all there. They should be up the top of the table where they have the experience, the coach and the expertise to succeed in the finals. I worry now about Canberra losing Jamal Fogarty for three months on the eve of the season. So mm. they poured all their preparation into having him as halfback for the season, yet they're going to lose him for three months. That's a mad scramble late for the Raiders. So I do fear for them, um, especially over the first half of the season. Um, Parramatta, do they improve on their semi-finals of the last three years straight? I think so. Uh, it might be a Melbourne Parramatta grand final yet. Who knows? And the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Yeah, I now, knew I this had come into it. Yes. For them, yes. But I, I can mount a case. The, the, the uncertainty regarding the coach has gone. I think Anthony Griffin can serve a great role for St. George Illawarra over the next one or two years. These youngsters will come through, and aren't they exciting? Tyrell Sloan, he might not start at fullback, but he'll spend most of the year at fullback. And Talatau Amone, Jaden Sullivan, yeah. they'll have good seasons. Now, here's the recruiting. Hang Jayden on, do, do they make the eight? Do the Dragons make the eight? Yes, yes. And I, you know what? I was, I was up and down about that until I heard a man I respect immensely, Greg Alexander, saying they can make the eight. And I said, that's good enough for me. Mm. With my rationale backed up by Brandy's expertise. So, Sewer, Molo, George Burgess, Moses Embi, Moses Suley, mm. Woods, Kajeski, Tautau Moga. It's a motley crew, isn't it? But by my reckoning, if they, the coaching staff can get half of them I to, like, to live up to their potential, they're a chance. Well, well I like the motley-looking crew, and uh, I've, I've actually bracketed Dragons Canberra as falling into the eight. Uh, Cronulla, do they make okay. the eight? Yes, they make the eight. Last time I checked, I had 12 teams in my top eight. Is that a problem? No, well, it is a problem. So you need to tell me who's coming out. So who's coming out of the top eight? Jets and Titans? Uh, Jets. Knights and Titans? Yeah, Newtown won't make the eight. I don't know whether the West Magpies <laughs> will make the eight. You're old club either. But I, I reckon eight teams will. 
Yeah, no, they will. Righto, um, mate. I appreciate your chat, mate. I really do. Well, no, I've got I've got Newcastle sliding out, and I've got Gold Coast sliding yeah. out, and I think we're going to see a fair slide from South Sydney. Um, I reckon they'll be at the the bottom end of the eight if they. But make... that's a good point. Mm. Yeah, how how can you lose Wayne Bennett mm. and Adam Reynolds and expect to have the season you have unless? Um, Dimitriou has an absolutely fantastic year in his first as head coach, and they find a halfback to be half as good as yeah. Adam Reynolds in his first year. It's a, it's a huge ask. And you, you talk about experience too. And I know he was off the bench, but Benji added a fair bit to them last year, I think, yeah. too. Um, Dane Gagai, gone absolutely. as well. All right, Matty. Um, now, have you had your boat out lately? Have you had your boat I'm out supposed lately? to take the boat out tomorrow. So it's my young boy's birthday today. He's turned nine, so I've got half a dozen of his eight-year-old mates, and I'm supposed to be taking them out on Pitwater slash Broken Bay, donutting. How big's your boat? It's a little, uh, it's a little sort of runabout. It can it can take five adults, but two kids are equal to one adult, right? Legally, you have five adults in there, so I could take me and sort of um, eight kids, but. I think there's going to be a fair few logs floating through the Hawkesbury and, and around there, so we might yeah. just go. Um, might go to the water slides or something, or maybe just Mac. Probably a bit of timber floating around as well, so you need to be really careful. Yeah, I think... uh, with all that that effluent rushing. rushing. <laughs> Can I tell you a quick boat story? Have you got a quick time for a boat story? Always time for a, a boat story. Boat, yeah, and and he's got a boat cover, but it's got a hole in it. So when we had the downpour, like me. The boat filled up with water. Mm. Uh, we're on a bit of a slope, so the front wheel that supports the trailer uh, it collapsed. The jockey wheel. All the the water, jockey wheel. Jockey wheel. All the water was at the front of the boat. What's that? That's not the bow, is it? It's is the, the bow. bow. Yeah, it's the bow. Uh, anyway, and it was wedged into the turf. Oh, and dear. And it was too heavy lift up. So I was, the boat sunk. Drill a hole in it. In the rain. <laughs> oh, the, the what? The boat sunk? The boat sunk on dry land. Into the mud. Because of rain. Oh. It just sunk. It's, it's not even in the water and it sunk. Oh, God, so mate. I, uh, you can tell I'm a pretty good boaty if I can sink my boat and it's in my, it's basically in my front lawn. Anyone out there that owns a boat, we have all got a thousand stories to tell that don't don't end well, mate. I, I know. Uh, that's boating for you. Matty Russell, thanks for joining us, mate. Appreciate your time. Have a good Saturday, mate. There he is, Matty Russell from uh, Fox Sports. And uh, what's on in the gong? On, I think that's the official name of the show, isn't it? What's on in the gog? Um, colourful sporting characters. Come on, colourful sporting characters. Weigh in on that conversation. 0457 736 736. If you've got any boating stories you think we should tell as well, uh, feel free to do that. We'll take a quick break. Uh, when we return, we'll talk a bit more cricket. We were going to be talking uh, pretty much just about the, the Aussie women in action in the World Cup. Uh, also um, heading into day two of the first test against Pakistan. Uh, but obviously that has all changed very much. And Lockie McCurdy will join us next. He's from Code Sports and we'll talk more about the late Shane Warne.